We've watched a lot of things recently that weren't good. Um, <laughs> there's some great positive things about it. I could I could talk several minutes about some of my favorite songs in Frozen. Would, Would you, you sing them? Oh yeah. Welcome to Dad's Review Kid Shows, the podcast that does what it says it does and some other things too. Brew yourself a cup of ginseng tea as we prepare to coax open another chakra or two in you, our listeners, as we discuss Nickelodeon's own avatar, The Last Airbender. I'm Ben. I'm the father of Serena, who is five, and I'm joined by my West Coast friends who are going to introduce themselves. Sure. I'm Eric. I am the father of Charlie and Oliver, who are both sleeping, albeit mm. under protest. <laughs> ah, Corey here again. Uh, I have a Naomi. Uh, she's seven, and a Samuel. He's five, I think. And uh, Melody, that leaves you. Yes, I am not a father at all. I am the mother of three girls who are ten, six, and four months. And Matt is my husband, and he is with the four-month-old trying to woo her to sleep, hopefully successfully. Mel, we're delighted that you are here as Matt's avatar, at least uh, until he comes and, and joins us. Oh, that was smooth. You like oh, that? that was smooth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a lot of that this episode as I try to cover <laughs> for the fact that I am radically underqualified to discuss this show. I'm going to be I'm going to be here as a proxy for any of our listeners who were themselves busy from 2005 <laughs> to 2008, the the show's uh, running years, doing. You know, things like I was doing. I was busy getting married and applying to and finishing a master's degree program. And even though I realize now that I should have been spending a lot more time watching TV than actually taking my classes seriously, no one told me that at the time. So I can only repent at leisure and try to make up for lost time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, before we uh, delve into the gist of, <laughs> of the storyline, I think it'd probably be worth it to explain for... Ben and the rest of the uninitiated about the Avatar universe, please, right? Uh, which, which is probably like the nerdiest thing I've ever said out loud. <laughs> mm. No, <laughs> I think you need to discuss the cosmos rather than the universe, actually. But uh, perhaps, perhaps, uh, do we have volunteer uh, Melody? I know you've been catching up, but Eric, I know you're well versed. Or Melody, you were actually rewatching. Is that correct? Uh. Yeah, yeah, so you're I'm watching through for the second oh, time because I have a so lot jealous. of time. Oh, wow spinning right. holding a baby doing not much else and so i have the volume pretty much all mm. the way down with the ca- captions ah. on really dial into that dialogue so i'm getting all yeah. of the interesting <laughs> a, which is really yeah. good don't sell it short no and, and it also like captions all the funny noises that Sokka makes and the different characters like the mm. oh that's the a cartoony bloops that's good. and such okay so it's, but before we get too far fun. into uh like start talking about like character names uh, we we should probably back up a little bit and kind of explain kind of the world that we're living in here. So uh, the so the show itself uh, takes place in uh, the word that I've seen is an Asiatic type world. Does that sound fair? No, let's go with it. Uh, so influences of Asian yeah. spiritualities, martial arts, dress, dining, architecture, etc. Uh, the key gimmick is that some people in this universe are able to manipulate the elements by some sort of martial art that they call bending, hence the name airbender. Uh, It's around the four classical elements, water, earth, fire, air, that the primary people groups have been established. 
and the the character of the avatar himself or herself is really central. There's only one avatar at a time, but when that person dies, the avatar spirit is reincarnated into a new person, and this reincarnation cycles through the four nations. So the avatar before Aang, who is the central character of this series, was a part of the Fire Nation. Now, Aang is a member of the Air Nation, and so on and so forth. Corey, the, oh, you're, you're helping me. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Because as far as as far as I could tell, he Aang was essentially Captain Planet reincarnated in the body of Caillou. Hmm. <laughs> no one wants Caillou and, doing anything. <laughs> well, sometimes it gets kind of confusing because Aang actually is the same voice as Pablo from Backyardigans. Oh, is that true? Same voice actor, yes. Ooh. Backyardigans. If we could just, uh, if we could just sit there for a second. Uh, oh, Backyardigans. Do we have to? We don't, <laughs> not for not for long. Uh, except to say that I always felt like Backyardigans uh, set an unrealistic bar for what kind of choreography children could participate in. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was a, it was a little too impressive. So. Anyway, so it's it's worth mentioning that one of the important parts about this Asiatic world is that there is a very known distinction between the spirit world and the physical world. Indeed. And the avatar is the bridge between these two worlds. He's the only or she is the only person who's able to speak for the spirit world and uh, try and do its bidding. So when the avatar is is kind of growing up. So as the avatar grows, uh, they progressively master one element after the other. So if you're air, then you do earth, and then you do water, and then you do fire. Oh, no. Air, water, earth, fire. Um, Wind! Heart! And, yeah, right. but he starts with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I get the heart ring? Because no one likes you! <laughs> Sit in the corner! And he's like, fire to do something useful. Anyway, <laughs> after mastering all four elements, you can enter the avatar state. And when you enter the avatar state, then you can commune with the other avatars who come before you. And prior to that, they can kind of jump in uh, a little ghost style. Hmm. Uh, sometimes kind of, sometimes unannounced. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. hey, we're, we're, uh, we're hanging out. I'm uh, yeah. Avatar Rishi. So they can hang out with you. But then you can enter the avatar state. In the avatar state, you can use all four elements at the same time. You can bend all four of them and you can commune. Uh, with the spirit world in a more uh, intentional and pronounced way. And so the avatar's job is to bring balance between the two phases of these worlds. And that's actually one of the important parts of how the show kicks off is that the the previous avatar, oh, Corey, you should jump back in. The previous avatar who is from the Fire Nation dies. So now it's he's the avatar will be reincarnated in the uh, Air Nation. In the, into the Air Nation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So and, the more yeah. the more specific setting of, of this series is that the the world is in the midst of war which is probably most, uh, I think, most easily explained by the opening narration, um, which plays in every episode, which is really <laughs> handy. Uh, so I, I actually, I have it right here. Uh, so uh, this is uh, this is the character Katara's voice, actually, and it starts water, earth, I'm not even going to do this well, fire, air, and then long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the fire nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. That does, that's not what she sounds like. I'm sorry. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he still has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. Did I just, like, slip into, like, uh, yeah, in but, infomercial? Okay. But in your defense, like, it kind of moves in and out between, like, super serious and there was a genocide against, like, the stand-in right. for, like, Tibet. And yeah. look, my tongue freezes to my staff. Right. And, like, 
Maybe I've got feelings that I'm new to because I'm 14. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> right. These are it's all a, yeah. these are all things. I, I think you've actually things. captured the I mean, what struck me right off the bat in watching the two and a half episodes that I've currently seen of this, um, yeah. which makes me, which makes me the guest expert. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the, the, I appreciated the mingling of the, of the high and low, which makes it perfect for this particular cultural moment in which, you know, every, everybody likes a little highbrow and a little lowbrow. It is very highbrow and lowbrow. Mm. Yeah. Cause yeah, it can be like the scariest thing in the world. Like bloodbending is terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, alert. haven't got Spoiler there alert, yet. there's bloodbending. Oh, yeah, sorry. You're two and a half episodes in. <laughs> that sounds bad. really cool or really silly. I can't wait to find out. It's Ooh, it's it's neither more terrifying. It's more terrifying. Okay. Each yeah. element, except for apparently air, has like an enhanced version of it that you yeah. can master. Mm. And one of them is blood. And it's it's really freaky in a in a mentally fomenting way when they show it on the show. But then at the same time, there's episodes where like Aang is like like windsurfing on a fish. <laughs> I enjoyed the penguin mm. sliding, as did yeah. as did my yeah. uh, my five year old. So, blo- but yeah. blood bending. So this is calling into question the um, the age appropriateness because... of of this show's whole arc. Maybe like it's. I would say it's more like Harry Potter. Like it starts off on the low end. You can, gr- of like you can grow up. Kind of get. You can kind of grow yeah. up as long as you grow up in three years. <laughs> I, w- I would say that. It's yeah, but we're, like... we're we're binging it on Netflix, so she's gonna have to uh, grow up in about three <laughs> weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be fine. How old is she? She's five. Yeah, so I'm I'm 36, so... uh, but and I'm terrified <laughs> of, of blood bending based on Melody's description. No, when, that's when we fine. when we first watched it with our oldest, she was I think five or six, and. There were parts that were a little too intense for her, but we were watching it with her. Yeah. I would recommend not for kids under like eight or nine alone, but I think like nine to 12 would be the ideal audience. Yeah. At least like the first time they watch it. Yeah. Not, not on their own. Naomi is on her third or fourth. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, Serena held up admirably watching Human Centipede 3 with me the other night. So that- <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she should be okay. Classic. <laughs> So, so I want um, to boil it down even more in terms of uh, plotline here or where the show is headed. Uh, the real short gist is that Aang, uh, the character Aang, who is the last surviving airbender, he's the avatar. His primary task is to develop his skills in the other three elements and to then somehow subdue the Fire Nation uh, and save the day. And, and restore balance. Restore balance, balance is a huge thing. Yeah, and then perhaps sell merchandise for Nickelodeon. Right. I I think is right. is the ultimate goal. And yeah. you you can't talk about Aang without mentioning um Appa, the flying air bison. No, so that's another really important part of the universe. Well, I don't know about really important, but really entertaining part of the universe is and that cute. it's made it's made up. It includes uh, these like hybrid animals, uh, and the one Melody is referring to Appa. Right? Did I get that right? Appa? Oh, the, Appa. the luck dragon. He's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. He's a uh, flying bison. Okay. Uh, who with are, six legs. With, with six, six legs. legs. Yeah, who are unique. Uh, some of the animals or creatures in the show are, would you say, unique to the various uh, yeah, tribes? In the, yeah, in the same way that there's the element of the spirit world and the physical world, the first benders were animals. Hmm. So really? the the Aang, uh, not Aang, Appa, the the air bison, the air bison were the first benders yes. for air, and I forget mm-hmm. when they're with Toph and they're in the underneath the grounds that moles, some kind of moles, some, some kind, kind of moles, were the first yeah. earth benders. Yeah, 
I don't think we ever meet the first fire or... Oh, the dragons were the first Shh, firebenders. Stop it. Well, dragons, dragons. Dragons, dragons. Ben, watch more show before you narrate. <laughs> you got it. Will the... <laughs> is any of the... I'm curious, is any of the show's mythology developed outside of the episodes themselves? I mean, I, I understand that, you know, there's been a merchandise. There's no glitz, Animatrix. But, okay. There's no Animatrix for this. The, it, but there had... Go ahead, Melody. There are books. <gasps> yeah. Really? Um, there are there are graphic some graphic novels. novels. Yeah, I hope there's fan fiction. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> well, yeah, and and there January are January spoken for. Um, <laughs> the, there are plush animals available. Mm. I would I'll like take a plush appa. I would totally love a plush appa. Yeah. I, I'm hoping for a koala sheep myself Christmas. for Christmas. Uh. Of course, I haven't told anybody that. Koala Except sheep for Santa. Take note, or a, listeners. Or a buffalo yak. So when the show starts, Aang's become the Avatar. He's found out that he's the Avatar. That happens before the show starts. When the show starts, the Fire Nation, for reasons that we don't know, has destroyed the the air temples. All the air temples are gone. All the well, air they, nation people are gone. The Fire Lord destroyed the air temples because he knew that the next Avatar would be an airbender. Right, right, and he and he's Correct. trying. To, and I, I don't. Did they state that upfront that that's what's going on? Um, no, it's not in, in one the of the narration. It's in the third season. Yeah, yeah. So, so upfront, no one knows why right. the Fire Nation genocided the Air Nation. They're just all gone. Right. And prior to the show beginning, Aang finding out he's the Avatar kind of freaks out at the responsibility because which he's is fair. thirteen. He's thirteen. So he runs away in the middle of a storm on Appa. Uh, falls into the ocean, triggers his avatar state, freezes himself, basically in cryogenic hibernation for 100, 100 years. years. For 100 so years. he wakes up a 113-year-old little boy, uh, and the world has been missing its avatar, it's been missing its balance point. So the, the Fire Nation's goal is, is, dumb, is world conquest, and they were trying to rid themselves of the avatar in the process. Uh, so they would be unimpeded. Well stated. I think I think we just great. I think that's the end of the show, right? <laughs> well, that we I mean just, that now now the show starts. Like that's where the world begins. Yeah, uh, got it. And then so then season one commences, and we find the two Eskimo siblings, uh, <laughs> Southern Water Tribe. Uh, so, I believe, southern, very the, southern. I believe they they prefer the term Inuit. I believe <laughs> is uh, that is a fun part of right. the show though is is the stand-ins uh, the, the the metaphor within the the show is that you know you have the the southern and northern water tribes with Inuit Fire Nation is Japan uh, I you know I don't know that I ever really thought about it I tried but... to figure out like between Earth Nation and Fire Nation one is I think Japan the other one is China and then mm. uh, Air Nation is nepal tibet kind yeah. of thing and with, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense yeah knowing nothing except what i've seen in the first two episodes i would think that the fire nation would have to be japan because it has a navy <laughs> oh and mm. uh, it was the 15th or 16th century right that uh china burned its fleet and never really recovered from that that's right that's right nothing else to see outside of china nowhere to go right but i don't know how carefully the creators of the show were trying to construct some sort of allegory for the world so. i think they were yeah. I, I I can't. I didn't actually look it up, but anyway. So yeah, so, I mean, the, so the two Inuit meet Aang. One of them winds up being a waterbender herself, and the other one is like the Han Solo. He's like the guy who just hangs out. In the, well, he's not really the Han Solo. He's like Han Solo crossed with Luke. He's got the no powers thing going, but he's got Luke's <laughs> awkwardness and um, uncoolness. Yeah, uh, in spades. <laughs> He is so. This is Sokka. We're we're speaking right. about and Katara, Sokka, the sister. Yeah, Sokka and Katara. Katara, his sister, and which who are the other? You could argue the 
Sokka, Katara, yeah, Sokka, Katara, and Aang together, at least for the for the first part of the show, are really the the core character, the core team of the show. They're your gets, Batman, gets Superman, and Wonder Woman of season Thank one. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. That um, actually fits, too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just going to trust you on that. Because well, Batman no, doesn't have Batman any powers. No powers. Yeah, thank, thank no, you, Melody. No, that yeah, I'm just I. It's I. It's not that I wanted to argue it. <laughs> I I just uh, I just don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and they're and they're and they're bound by his non-lethal imperative, right? Oh, it, this all fits. This mm. all fits. Yeah, it really does. Can we talk about non-violence? Can we go there? Oh, please. Can we do that? Because I think that that's. Does anybody else want to hit that? Because I think that that's. I think you should, uh, you should leave that off. Okay, that's a really I'll, big part of the show. I'll, it's a huge part of the show. It is the show, actually. It by, really, by the time the show it, finishes, yeah, it is absolutely the show. So, so it's you don't. Um, I mean, you definitely have from the very beginning, Ang wrestling with the fact that he has to at some point be the winner, which in a lot of which in, which could mean that you're just going to destroy this people, and specifically, you're going to destroy, i.e., kill the fire lord the head of the fire nation and so at some point uh there's a there's a specific a specific point toward the end of the show where he's really wrestling with whether or not he is comfortable with this idea of killing um and hmm. and throughout the show you're dealing with ang's uh ang's desire for a non-violent uh, resolutions to any kind of situation that he's in. You see it happen all the time, and so he's certainly going to fight. I mean, he does his, he does his fighting, but it's very much he uses his wit and runs away more. Yeah, than, yeah. If, if he the can thing is, the Avatar away. is this really important character, and everyone wants the Avatar to do. I mean, it is it's it's never in any way like a Christ stand-in, but there's this part of like they all want him to do their thing, and they right. want him to go ride into Rome and knock everybody over and win. Right. When are um, you going to call down fire from heaven, Avatar Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the expectation. It's like, I'm a 13-year-old kid. Like, I'm wildly uncomfortable with, with right. these expectations you have for me, and I'm also uncomfortable with the office that you're trying to get me to kind of step yeah. into. Well, and not so, only that, yeah. but his his particular background as somebody coming from the Air Nation is, he is, by coming from the Air Nation, has that influence of nonviolence in the first place. So his kind of spiritual background mm-hmm. as a character coming from that area yep, yep. Is, is also speaking in that direction. Yeah. Well, and also Fire Nation, by the time we pick up Fire Nations, like, what, they're the USSR in the middle of the Cold War. They're, they're like the, the boogeyman of the show. Like, no one's really sympathetic towards Fire Nation. Yeah. And another major character we haven't talked about is Prince Zuko, mm-hmm. who is the son of the, like, the primary antagonist on the show who goes unseen until season three. Right. But he's, like, the uh, the exiled, scarred son of disgraced. the primary antagonist, disgraced antagonist, whose only redemption will come from capturing the Avatar for his father. Sulky yeah. fellow, isn't he? <laughs> very, very much so. Although, yeah, my, very although my daughter's favorite character. <laughs> oh, he's so he good, is. though. And he is so... good. She also drew Dressed as him for Halloween. Oh, wow. Yeah, just, just a good no, girl. Corey, yeah. Corey oh, wow. this is Matt speaking. So, have you? Do you think that? <laughs> Welcome, Matt. No one wondered whose voice that was. <laughs> Hazel did <laughs> because me. because she thinks I'm still upstairs putting her to bed. Um, <laughs> uh, is there a daddy app you can just run? You leave your phone up. Corey, there? Corey, do you, do you think that your daughter identified with Zuko because you you burned her face that one time? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so what Matt is referring to 
is uh, is the fact that Zuko has this giant scar over one of his Wait, eyes. Wait, did you really burn um, Naomi? Uh, well, the, I was I was gonna I was also gonna say that he's not referring to the fact that I actually did burn my child. <laughs> oh no! Um, no, I did not. I did. No, he's he's. No. It was a it's joke. Important he's saying he did not actually this is, do this. I did not actually burn my child. No, no, but but Zuko, but Zuko does have this scar, which is gosh. I mean, the writing in this show, like. For for a show that's just like can can one minute be like kooky, Aang is like jumping off a ship onto his flying bison and juggling cabbages, <laughs> you know, and then like the next minute, like you're dealing dealing with some heavy crap about like uh, Zuko's daddy issues yep. and uh, Aang's nonviolence and tribalism and friendship and i mean it just there's there are so many things and so this in particular that matt's talking about is the scar on zuko's eye that uh if i remember right came from an an interaction with his father yeah yeah Yeah. and and who duels their kid well that's one of the things i like about every day between ang and Dijk- well, hold, hold on a second, Corey. You, so you've just been you've just been telling us about some of the elements in the show, the thematics of the show that that draw you in. Could we take a step back real quick, do uh, an around the horn? I'd love to hear from each of you what it is about the show that called to you, and if you could tell us about your relationship to the show and what you like about it, and convince me as the token outsider that this is more than just um, you know the Western idiot's guide to Hinduism for <laughs> children. <laughs> I would say is that the show has a radical aversion to simplicity in its characters. Uh, so we've kind of touched on Zuko a little bit. We've kind of touched on on Aang a little bit. But there's this part where none of the characters get to be thoroughly um, good or bad per se. There, there's layering that goes into each of them. And, that is and so Aang, true. Aang is, you know, we, so he, he feels very heroic, like the guy who, who wants to do the right thing. But he routinely refuses to engage. And so in many ways, the, the fact that the Fire Nations run amok for 100 years is his fault. And the show doesn't actually let him off the hook for that. There's a part where it's like, yes, that you're a pacifist, but no, it's not okay to run away. And then Zuko, hmm. on the flip side, you know, he got into attention with his dad because he actually tried to stand in the gap for people uh, and got called out for it. And then and it really cost him everything. And he's become bitter and angry. And the show kind of lets you in on understanding like, oh, he's really sympathetic and understandable, but doesn't let him off the hook for letting his desire to please his father turn him into this kind of rage <laughs> monster that that loses track of his um, ability to see things. And, you know, his, his sister oh. uh, and his dad, you know, they're kind of cut and dry, like good guys and bad guys. But there's this... I would say, like, the character that drew me in from the beginning was Uncle yes. Iroh. Oh, yeah. Who, who, want, who takes Zuko on this journey. Like, he's really his father. He, he's the guy. He was, uh, I forget the voice actor's name, but he was in Conan the Barbarian. He's in Surf Ninjas. <laughs> I picked two wildly different movies. Mako. Wildly different movies. Right? Yeah, Mako. Yeah. Mako something. And, and he sees the best in Zuko the whole time and keeps calling yeah. to that every time that Zuko doesn't do it. And it was a really interesting thing as a, as a parent kind of thinking about that because Aang doesn't have that. Um, and, and so what you see is Zuko's ability to go from such a one hard end of the spectrum and work his way through to where to the other end um, where Aang has to do that through a whole other series of trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. So I I liked getting to see that 
dynamism in the in the in the painting of Zuko, um, and even in the characterization of Aang, that um, doing the right thing is never just about it. It, it doesn't give, give a lot of easy choices, and even in the finale of the show, which we can leave off for a while. It make it keeps pushing all the characters to think, rethink their suppositions and their conclusions that mm-hmm. there's there may still be a better way. And just how you've kind of been like wired to see things, your enemies, your friends, uh, good, bad, power, uh, passive, like those things are not the simplified concepts that you think they are. And it, that's part of my extrapolation from the show. But like that's one of the things that I liked so much about it was it really touched on big themes of forgiveness and power and pain and redemption in an, in a cartoon yeah. show that is accessible <laughs> to mm-hmm. kids uh, and has very many Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. motifs. But it's it's but buried inside of that is this like beautiful beautiful thing that you can just kind of excavate if you want to. I couldn't agree more with that, Eric. And I think that's part of the strength of the show. The I would say that that I thought long and hard about how does this character Ang grow in the ways that he does so remarkably in the show and and without any adult supervision or adult investment. <laughs> um, not the supervision so much, but like you know, <laughs> Uncle Iroh is a, is a pretty consistent force of love and acceptance for this kid who's been rejected by his own father and for Zuko for and, and Ang, Ang doesn't have anything like that. He has his community of friends. But he he and does he had monks before then. He had monks True. that were but apparently we never a good hear friend. anything about his parents. You don't hear anything, and, and we. But he does what he does have is he has his spiritual encounters with the previous avatars. Previous avatars. Oh, and yeah, they good. they do some, if not parenting, at least some crucial like teaching, and mm-hmm. um and he does um and oh. in the spiritual doesn't he come upon a, a master? He he meets with the guru at mm. um one of the air temples i think mm-hmm. or an yes. island Wait, at the end of the uh, no, no it's, it's midway through it's when he's i think he finds them when he goes back to sort of try to find out what happened to the the other airbenders it's, it's the end of season two yeah is this with roku he no it, no this is a this is a human physical yeah. person a guru and he met with him to bring oh. his chakras yeah he's the one that gets his chakras flowing <gasps> oh yeah yeah he's yeah, kind- yeah. It's kind of a, I did watch this on YouTube. Yeah, it's kind of a Gandhi esque, and and was and greatly encouraged to learn that freeing one's chakras takes only <laughs> yeah. the space of about eight it's minutes. Great. So. Yes, but you have yeah, to let go some... of your desire for revenge, Ben. <laughs> well, it's going to be a while. Uh, yeah, worst news though is that getting your chakras out of alignment just mm. takes a bad back. Oh. Which yikes! <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Hence yoga. We all know what that's like. <laughs> so, I, I think my favorite thing about the show, other than all the wonderful things Eric mentioned, is that the women are portrayed as strong and powerful and um, good. Well, not always good because Azula is horrid. But but Katara is one of the main characters and she can be very maternal to both Aang and Sokka, which they kind of cringe when she is, but they love it. Mm -hmm. But she also is a very powerful... um, She masters waterbending and is a powerful force and equal in fighting against and defense and all that kind of stuff. And women are never portrayed as weak or mm-hmm. lesser than. Well, it's an ongoing theme. I mean, the, the, when I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to talk about Toph yet. Um, yeah. Oh, we're just about to, um, I mean, because don't, don't jump into Toph yet. You guys say what you love. About, um, uh, I Avatar. didn't. And has, and has Mel finished? I was, yeah. yeah mostly finished my my brain is not working as well as it has since i've had not very much sleep in the last four months so anyway um 
but that's fair. But Toph is another female character who she's a blind earthbender who comes in in the second second season, and um, she sees with her feet, mm-hmm. and her parents have no idea that she's an earthbender until or that she has basically mastered earthbending. They think that she's doing basic stuff. She's she's actually an uh, like uh, Avatar Universe equivalent of an underground WWF wrestler. <laughs> yes. this, is this is true. This is true. This is not. We're not exaggerating. Do, under, underground. Yeah, that's US. more like. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, that's I, uh, that's more appropriate. I don't know. It looked pretty WWF to me. <laughs> okay, that's well. When the, I think when they first off, WWF right. is nineteen ninety five. It's WWF now. Let's, oh please. Let's when they wrote the show. So. I don't think there was a UFC <laughs> when they wrote the show. Okay. But, but as anyway. a feminist and as a mother of three females, I approve of this show. And that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, true. That's saying something. Because there's there's four primary benders, right? Between Toph, Katara, Aang, and right. uh, Zuko. Two, two of them are women. Uh, and both of them master the secondary element right. that they can bend between metal and blood. Uh, in a way that Zuko never really masters, re- remasters it. Aang mm-hmm. struggles the whole show. And, and both characters, um, Toph and Katara, both have their own agency. Mm-hmm. They both have their own way of pushing it forward. And I would say, especially in season one, Katara is probably oh, the strongest yeah. character. And maybe throughout the whole thing, like Aang only catches up when he finally yes. gets around to Avatar <laughs> state. But, but Katara, in terms of like the uh, strength of purpose and strength of will and strength of bending, like probably leads the pack and then mm. Toph joins her and Aang and I mean Sokka's always sitting in the back with his boomerang going cool <laughs> I'm gonna guys. make something it, let me solve well, the problem so this is, this is clever. his line in the first episode was if I had weird powers I'd keep them to myself he tells his sister <laughs> <laughs> but then as you learn more about him you know that's not true no not true <laughs> well I figured it's the, the voice of uh, bitter envy yes. but it's also something that I think talented women are sometimes yeah. told. Yeah. Right? Mm, yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, this is, this is one, what we're hitting on is one reason that I was really excited about showing this to my daughter is because I'm like, Oh gosh, here's, here's a show that doesn't, that doesn't have ponies in it. <laughs> that, that, that has these strong female characters that don't, they don't need anybody to protect them any more than the guys need somebody to protect them. You know, and mm. they all need each other. I mean, and that's that's another that's another part of the show is how much they need. I mean, they what don't they even use the term? Uh, do they say Team Avatar? <laughs> At some point, <laughs> I think you're thinking of you're thinking of you're is thinking that of okay? Is the sequel all right? And yeah, I'm sorry. I'm heartbroken that apparently there's no uh, Pinkie Pie cameo for me to look forward to as I watch this show. <laughs> I want I want to jump on one thing to add to that, and then Matt, you need to say your part. But there's also the part where Aang. And really, all the characters are motivated to do what they do. They're motivated to sacrifice. They're motivated to give everything they can to this cause because it's right. Uh, in, in a certain sense, it's a superhero mm-hmm. show. But there's no like, you know, my uncle died, my parents died, and I'm and that's what's given me the drive to, no. to do the right thing. It's like they, did, they didn't need any of that. Aang never really calls on the, the anger of the genocide. That's never a thing for him. Doing the right thing needs to be done for its mm-hmm. own sake. And I really liked that as a motivational piece for all the characters is just that this is what is required of us and we need to do it rather than needing some yeah. kind of personal yeah. tie it's in not a to doing it. No, It's, it's, <laughs> yep. it's about oh, restoring balance to the universe mm-hmm. and balance within by freeing us up chakras. 
I um I didn't think the show would be any good. Um and then I think Eric uh is maybe the one that clued me in that I should pay closer attention. To the- <laughs> he made that sound repeatedly and then I had I think- to watch the show. Um <laughs> thank you. I think Eric I'll stop making the sound just, when you watch the Eric show. just entered the Avatar state, I believe. <laughs> That's a free ringtone for all you listeners. Uh, and and I, um, I, thought, I thought it was just another anime kids show um, that there would be merchandise from. Um, and I was like, well... But then everybody kept saying it was really good and that it would be great to watch with my kids. And my oldest, was, my oldest daughter was five at that point. And she did watch it with me, um, the whole thing, more or less. But by the end, I was I was way more into it than she was. And I tried to... Hmm. I, my oldest is now 10, and my, my middle daughter is 6. And so I tried to get them started on rewatching it. And they they weren't having it this time around. <laughs> really? They're very fickle, these two. <laughs> ah. So no deficiencies in the show itself, you think? Is it is it aging well for new... Post post millennials, I, I think so. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you you guys have younger kids than me. Um, how's it How's it faring? I mean, I should my my daughter's seven now. We watched it last year, so she was six, and she loved it. She'll go back to it, and she she will turn it on again every once in a while and just start flipping through some episodes. And so she was she was sold. Um, and I, I you know what to be honest. Like the only thing I can get out of her is that her favorite character is Zuko. That's you know that's a, that's about as far as I can carry on a conversation hmm. with her about what it is that really drives her to watch it. Um, not that Zuko himself <laughs> is driving her, she's driven but, by vengeance. but that's she's driven by. <laughs> oh gosh, that may be true. Um, so I think it's succeeding. To answer your question, I think it's I think it's aging really well. I think it still holds this this cult following. And it's. I think it's still a popular show, and it was certainly popular enough for it to spawn a sequel that we don't have to go into, but just acknowledge that it's there. Uh, but this, this to me hits my hits my sweet spots. So it's good storytelling. It's super fun martial arts kind of stuff. It's got. Uh, I mean, and and like super fun yeah. kind of martial arts kind of stuff. It's not. I mean, like Jackie, like Jackie Chan fun. <laughs> I think how they use their powers is so yeah. inventive. Uh, like the waterbenders use their their waterbending to to surf in spots, yes. or like the firebenders shoot fire out of their feet yes. like jets, and then Aang rides on a ball of air like just like a spinning fun. top. It's just just yeah. for the hell of it. It's it's yeah. so it's fascinating. It's not like hey, way. we and have I, these powers. Let's all be awesome, mean, violent people. It's oh. Let's just do no, some. No, I could cool just like things. eat my pot of tea because there's fire that comes out of my hands. <laughs> you know, it's just. I mean, it, that's that's both just kind of like adorable as a part of the show, but also just interesting that this is ingrained in their life, not just as a power, so that I can do things against people, but this happens to just be a talent of mine that I can use in life. I, I watched a lot of anime as a as a teen and a lot of Japanese shows and. And even some that were intended more for some teens and kids, but also some older older ones. And and this show has the visual style, and even will will uh, at times adopt the same sort of emotional. <laughs> yeah, Faith, there's there's a whole like expression. world of emojis that that exist yeah. of like certain emotions, and they'll do that in a very yeah. na- sort of natural way, as though it were a Japanese cartoon. And it is not mm-hmm. at all a Japanese cartoon. No. It 
it is it, it is an homage to like that, that whole genre and that whole way of drawing and that whole style of storytelling, mm-hmm. and yet not far beneath the surface is a pretty western story. Um, yeah, and I think that's part of why it works for me as a you know westerner uh, is like the story. The story does it's a great story. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not at all the sort of story that I would expect to resonate with as deeply if it were coming from. I'll just say it this way. I don't think I ever resonated as deeply with a story that came from a, uh, a cartoon from Japan. I, I think one of the things I like about Airbender, why, why I think it holds up, is it has the the, the, th- the entry point for a kid of being cartoon, but it has these themes and concepts that speak to you as an adult. And so there's a reason that I think kids receive Star Wars from their parents. Like it spoke to something that both the child and the adult could engage with. And I feel the same way about Avatar in a way that I wouldn't with, say, Dragon Ball Z <laughs> right. or or even but even like on the more mature side, like there's a reason Akira stands up. There's a reason Spirited Away stands up. Like I wouldn't watch Ninja Scroll with anybody. No. I don't need to or <laughs> never need to watch that movie again. Never need to watch it again. But, you know, the themes of Akira, the themes of Spirited Away, themes of Princess sure. Mononoke, like they they mm-hmm. continue to speak. They the animation is an entry point that people can get into, hmm. but it, those thematic components is what makes it something that has longevity to it. And so I think like, you know, the fact that we liked Avatar and then you guys have watched it with your kids and I'm going to watch it with Charlie. Like there's a part where there's a rewatchability for you as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go hang out with, you know, the My Little Pony kids it, to to engage with them. There, there's content up and down for, for you to work with uh, throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a lot of it's what gives it its strength as you watch it the first time, but also what I think gives it its length and its longevity in terms of rewatchability. Which is a callback to the theme that we discussed in our episode about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood versus Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood dealing with lifelong themes, Daniel mm-hmm. Tiger dealing with how to go to the potty. Um, <laughs> how do I right. do it though? I'm sorry. <laughs> Tricky I'm, business. Are you are you trying to suggest that going to the potty is not a lifelong theme, Matthew? Uh, I'm just saying I got that sewed up around five and haven't really needed to revisit that. Well, give it some time, Matthew. Give it some time. <laughs> Lucky you, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna just bring it back here. Uh, so in in some ways, like I kind of I kind of look at this a bit like the way that a lot of us feel about a lot of Pixar films. Oh yeah. In in that there are so many levels levels of of both message and entertainment mm. happening in here and so I can sit down and watch Avatar Last Airbender with my kids and they're going to laugh at Aang running into a yeah. rock. And I'm and I'm <laughs> and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to fall apart in tears at, in a in a scene between Iroh and Zuko. You know, because there because there's both like this goofiness and this just complicated relationship happening in the show at the same time. Even like in the end of book one with I'm I'm sorry, Ben, but at at the end of book one where Zugo's girlfriend where everybody dies in fire. (laughs) Is that what you're you're talking about? Though, you know, like there there it has these elements of this goes all grave of the fireflies on us. us, Does it? Oh, God, please. It has all these elements of loss within. It's like, wow, I, I really was surprised that you were willing to engage with that topic as like with a show like this. But Huh. You know the show, like the the background of the show is genocide. That's right. As the show That's moves right. forward, like mm-hmm. major characters die. Like there's loss and pain and yeah. grief, and you have to engage with it. 
and pick yourself up and move forward and question who will you be. And mm-hmm. that is really, I know we said this earlier, but that, that is Aang's question the whole time is what kind of avatar will I be? How, you know, I have been given, mm-hmm. he's got Spider-Man's question. I've got this great power and great responsibility, but he has to ask himself, how will he engage with it? And I think the creative, I never saw the ending coming. Not in yeah, a million either. years would mm-hmm. I have guessed that that's how that was yeah. going to go. And that's impressive. Yeah. But for they, have you given away for, the ending yet? For, for, for any no. show. No, for any show. You know, Breaking Bad is like, oh. Yeah. Has everyone seen Breaking Bad? <laughs> everyone. Like, like everybody, everybody possibly listening to Breaking this? Bad was going to. Breaking <laughs> Bad was always going to end the way Breaking Bad ended. Uh, you know, I think the way like they, they not only stuck the landing, but they stuck it with an ending that was better than what I had imagined. It was the anti lost of of fantasy endings for me. And mm-hmm. that's impressive. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and they did it in a way that was even better thematically fitting with with this concept of balance like the Star Wars introduced in you know episode one this idea of balance for itself like this was going to be what it was about this this show about balance to the force <laughs> but they they've never like <laughs> yeah <laughs> the contemptuousness of Matt's laugh yeah. like they that was never really it was a it's a it's a it's a cartoon it's it's a kid's cartoon with, with adult actors which is totally fine but Avatar really chases this ethereal ephemeral concept of how do you do real balance with real pain and real people mm-hmm. when real evil has yeah. happened what would it look like to try and do that if you if you know also talk to giant turtle islands and had superpowers <laughs> well i mean that's a, that's the thing is that is i think that the reason that it, that it succeeds so well across age groups is because depending on how old you are you might walk away from this finale that is just amazing and you might say wow or you might walk away and say Oh, that was entertaining. Now I want some goldfish yeah. crackers, and and I'm gonna and let's turn both. on and let's turn on another yeah. cartoon, you know, and and that's fine, you know. But it's but it was both, but it, but that message is still in there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know, and and you you might not catch the whole depth yeah. of it, uh, but it's still until and you that's watch the it real again, that's when the real gift when you're, of this show. When you're that's the real gift of this show is that it gives you something to watch with your kids. Um, mm-hmm. That is that totally works on multiple levels, and that is so hard to pull off, and and gives you um, something to explicate or to like dive into with your kids and discussing it. Because a big part of uh, watching media, at least in our household, is uh, or reading it uh, is talking about it afterwards, and 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 sort of mm-hmm. asking, you know, thinking about what what were these characters trying to do, you know, what do they want, what do they did their strategy work, um, you know, who did they hurt, did they mean to hurt them. And thinking thinking through those things in in narrative is, I mean, one of the great gifts of of, of fiction is is being able to learn from the experiences of people who uh, aren't real. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you, Matt. But how often do you ask that question of your children and get an answer other than I don't know? <laughs> um, more and more. I mean, they're getting older. I mean, I, we we definitely would 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 get questions. Um, like, oftentimes not the same day. Like, um. Oftentimes I find my kids will be thinking about a show later, bring it up um, or ask a question about something. And then uh, then I'll force them to talk about the deeper issues. And then I'll get a response like, <laughs> oh, dad, is there half you force them like like you pin them down? <laughs> like you <laughs> my oldest them, one said uh, up, up against the wall. There have to be a lesson in everything. <laughs> 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 Mr. Lumpkin's neighborhood. And that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Points. Oh, th- well thank done. you, Chris Hardwick. That's tremendous. So, in my extensive research this <laughs> afternoon, I was unable to come across much in the way of criticism. Oh, I've got some of this show. Do you, very good. I was because it it, it infuriated me. Uh, now, very likely, there's plenty of criticism. I did find some very entertaining um, uh, fringe Christian websites <laughs> de- decrying it for reasons you can you can probably predict. Oh no, I want to hear the um, reasons. Well, it turns out that both Buddhism and Hinduism are religions of Satan. Oh, well, uh, well, I, that'll get you. That goes without. That'll get you that every goes time. without saying, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the internet, so people say it anyway. That's fascinating because um, this is sort of the the other side of the coin of of my criticism is that it's uh and and I've I I don't want to Donald Trump this and say that I saw thousands of people <laughs> criticizing them on this, but I'm pretty sure I've read an article um a while back thousands of them articles. in the streets, thousands of articles um, <laughs> the, the day after <laughs> that were uh, sort of <laughs> complaining about the the appropriation of uh of uh qigong energy yeah. of of uh this elemental stuff which is chakra meditation well, these elements are western elements these are these go to the natural philosophers of the greeks and so yeah. merging of the western tradition with eastern traditions mm-hmm. and it doesn't really do any of them right um it, if if you're expecting it to be like to right if it if it needed right, to but be I, that. and again i that's why i, I don't yeah. the criticism to me is not I want to give room. It's not trying to be a primer on an Asian culture, which I like that it it, bar- it was like good fusion food. Mm-hmm. I felt like mm-hmm. like it borrowed a bunch of different elements from different mm-hmm. concepts, and it made a whole sure. new world with it. That was I'm with you. And I'm with you. But we're, we're a bunch of like, white guys saying that. To, so maybe if we need to get, <laughs> if we can get Ken Hong to come over from his podcast. That's a good idea. Um, Asian America, uh, and he can he can walk us through how the appropriation of Asian cultures in this show is uh isn't is not respectful let's have ken come join us when we do legend of Korra. oh yeah i'm, I'm, text, I'm texting him right now. oh <laughs> legend, legend of Korra is so good well it sounds like your criticism's similar to one of mine matt because i not a fully formed criticism but i was wondering as i watched again just the first couple of episodes oh is this going to be a really interesting tour through unfamiliar systems of thought and uh asian uh, spiritual practice or is all of it, you know? Or is it just a pastiche and one that's going to be subordinated anyway under a lot of overwrought fighting and yelling? Yeah, and I think you know you compare this to Dragon Ball Z, um, which is ostensibly based on the the Hindu epic, the Ramayana, the Monkey King, um, and it's way more respectful of the traditions that it derives from than Dragon Ball. Oh Z my is. gosh! Um, so, but uh, I, I still think that I still think that that is a could definitely be a legitimate criticism uh, from because because it's it's a show and a based on a book written by as near as I can tell American guys uh, who mm. are who yeah. are clearly like interested in exploring these these Asian themes. But then you also have issues of like okay, is the Fire Nation is so clearly Japan and we were equivocating on that earlier. So I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> well, you you, you were equivocating. I down. think it I uh, Nation is Japan. Japan. Um, no, I was very confident. Earth Nation is clearly China. Um, clearly, clearly. We know. Seriously, you miss all of like. I think. I wonder. Maybe it could be. Masculine. I think of no. all of all the of all just, the, just, the questions and the themes. Um, this is the clearest. <laughs> the the air the air nation air nation is Tibet, uh, and. 
And well, yeah, and Antarctica and uh, the Arctic Circle are the the water tribes. So there you go. See, but this is a show that was consumed by Western culture for the most part, like in the West. And it's a show where there's, I mean, Aang, depending on how you're looking at it, is or isn't white. But that's it. Like past him, like everybody on the show is something mm-hmm. else. And that's not what the show's about. It it just happens to be there. And so it's the show where, like, if you're watching it as a white kid, you're watching, I mean, especially like um, Sokka and um, uh, wow. I just lost her Katara. name. Katara. Katara and Sokka, like, they're, they're clearly, like, multiple shades of, of, of melatonin darker than Aang yeah. the whole mm-hmm. time. And, and they're just there. And that's not the point. Yeah. It's not like eight white kids yeah. and their black friend. Yeah. You know, it's not the black ranger <laughs> who's black or the yellow ranger who's, uh. who's Chinese. <laughs> They sure dropped the ball on the Green Ranger, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I I just love that, like, you hung out with a whole bunch of not-white people the whole time, and it wasn't specifically that. That wasn't yeah. the point. Like, they, they they brought you to it without you even realizing it, and that was... I, I really enjoyed that I know we can't show. afford to talk about how the live-action film botched all of that in this casting. No, let's just... Uh, let's just... That's yeah. another yeah, episode. I, I, I remember that being quite the uh, quite the uh, kerfuffle, right? When Shyamalan cast all these clearly uh, Asian and non-Caucasian characters as with very white actors. Well, I mean, when he made the, you know, when it turned out that Aang was just dead the whole time. <laughs> you know, Wait, what? It just, it just that was that seemed just a little awkward. And Bruce Willis keeps coming in as he, a turtle. He made, yeah, <laughs> they made mistakes large and small. It's a Bruce, it's a Bruce On the small turtle. side, they're they, hybrid animals. <laughs> it's it's only when he's bald though. They changed the pronunciation of character names yeah. for a movie. Like you just don't do that. Like this is my buddy Hane. So low, like that's not. <laughs> you don't just get to change that. It's not yours. And those are just on the small side. The bigger ones are much more egregious. So, so ben, I'm sorry, Ben. I came late to this party. Are you are you running the show? Are you are you setting the agenda for our conversation? Can't can't you tell? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to move deeper wrap, into criticism of the show. I feel like we've. I've, yeah, we well, should wrap. Yeah, I feel like we've been extolling its virtues. Do we want to equivocate any did further? We, uh, we, did we talk about why Toph is so great? We talked about what Toph is, who Toph is. We, we talked about female empowerment. She's definitely a strong woman. Melody, did you have something you wanted to share about Toph? I think I already did. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, we went know. there. Uh, you can't you can't <laughs> go wrong with Avatar Last Airbender. In spite of the criticism, and I, I do think it would be interesting to talk about that with, um, with someone who could give it more context and nuance, but... Um, it's just so it's so well written as a kids cartoon show. Even the secondary sh- characters, we didn't even talk oh. about like the Robin Hood kid who like kidnaps yeah. the world, who then shows. But oh my god, we didn't even talk about and, the songs. It, we didn't even talked about. I mean, uh, or the other the uh, what's that female man. cult of warriors? Combustion man, <laughs> combustion man, <laughs> Sparky Sparky Boom Boom. <laughs> yeah, or the White Lotus, the White Lotus Society. Uh, uh, Let's talk about society? that. Talk about that. Oh, without well, without giving was, too again, much away, like, uncle, without giving too much away. This is the part about Uncle Iroh that was just so I just great. Said without giving like, too much away, Eric. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just saying Uncle Iroh. I can't get away from that. But again, like this whole part where like there's multiple out there that the fire can turn into lightning and water can turn into blood and uh, earth can turn into metal. Like there's a secondary level of it. It's like Iroh is playing the secondary game mm-hmm. through large sections of the show that really speak into what the avatar is trying 
to be like he really gets he he winds up being not it's not overt that he's like ang's pseudo like surrogate father the way he is for zuko but the white lotus society is really trying to go and and do all of these really interesting things and they're playing chess in a game of checkers where fire nation is just like bang 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 go Mm -hmm. die yeah and like you know would you uh, call them like musketeers almost the white lotus yeah oh yeah Hmm. that's perfect That's exact, and and that's just a thing. Like they're there for like maybe four episodes total, yeah. tops. Not and not that in they a get row. talked about. Not yeah, not no. in a row. Like it's it's so so many pieces of the show just kind of sprinkle their way through, and this and that was true with Jet. Like he was here and then he disappeared. The the female uh the the female warriors oh, who are fashioned Yoshi after warriors. like two avatars, yeah, who are fashioned after ah. like two avatars back. They show up and then they go yeah. away for a large yeah. section yeah. time, but then they yeah. come back. Well, I mean, the world has continuity. I mean, what you're what you're hitting on right here is something that I think is so amazing about the show is that it, as opposed to what we all believe about Lost in that they did they, <laughs> they they didn't really know what they were doing, like they knew what they were doing with Avatar: The Last yeah. Airbender. They went and, and they, we're going to yeah, the books were done. Right, we're going to do these three these three seasons. We're going to do these three chunks of these stories. We got three elements to deal with. We're going to start here. We're going to finish here. We're going to go in and we're going to go out. And they did it. That's what makes the movie all the more appalling to me is that you converted <laughs> successfully book to TV show. And then he took a TV show. And he's like, you know what? I know they had this 20 episode first season. He's like, screw it. One movie out of the whole thing. <laughs> that seems an appropriate right amount of yeah, material to turn but into. But it's episode one. It's episode one water. He envisions it as a trilogy, and I and I came yeah. across the fact that yeah, he he claims they'll begin uh, shooting next year on on episode two. I don't know who's bankrolling this. Is, no one will give that man money ever again. Yeah. So no, the the worst thing is episode the book one ends with this amazing battle suit of water. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that he turns into a giant like water wave? monster wave thing, kind of like a yeah, like, fish. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, how is that more interesting? So like the end of the abyss. Battle suit of water. Yeah. That oh, so good. Oh, so frustrated. So I I think to clarify, Eric is saying that the way that it plays in the cartoon is so mm-hmm. much stronger. Than, than what happens in the Shyamalan film. Um, and, and just watching it, I was like, wow, I can't imagine what that would look like when they make a movie out of it. That looks so great. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. Too interesting. <laughs> Dumb that, I, the, that That scene, though, I think that's that's when I really got hooked on the show um, because it, it dealt. there's all this, this mystical sort of primal magic with mm-hmm. the moon and these koi fish that yeah. represent the moon. And... Uh, and yin and yang. Yeah. And, and, and the then, king sacrificing yeah. his daughter. And then... All of a sudden, uh, oh. <laughs> so good. All of a sudden, also Ben Aang sorry. becomes like again. Like there's this um this aspect of him in Avatar state, which they go on to explicate a great deal. But at that point, you don't know that much about it, and and you you realize that he does have this awesome power. It's a big theme in the first season of them trying to figure out how to manipulate it. Um, but then it just comes on full force, and he is single handedly just destroys this fleet of ships. Um, and, and you realize just how powerful this, this child reincarnated character is. I mean, it's, it's, a I, I don't know. There's something about a character that has that much power and yet is, is still very flawed as a human being and is, and, uh, and is reluctant about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because he, his, his, we are treated as the, you know, as the watchers, we watch the show and we can see his dreams and his nightmares and his fear that he's going, this great power that he has is going to harm his own friends and uh and it's very 
it's these are these are feelings I think that that any child coming into teenager uh, teenagehood um, or you know as their as their body grows and develops they 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 realize that they're more powerful than they thought anybody uh, can begin to see that they they have this power and they might hurt people with it and that's a scary thought. It's a version of Superman that I really wish they would finally make because they, they never really tackle that topic in Smallville. They didn't tackle it in Man of Steel or Superman Returns. But this idea of like you had the ability, if you use the 21st century version of Superman at least, to move planets. Like huh. you have power on a deity level. What's it like to grow up with that? And, and Superman's whole the, – the part about Superman, if he's done well, is interesting is that he can win every fight. But he intentionally loses so that he's using only enough power to win. He's always trying to suck that back down, like, and just use the barest amount. And that's that part with Aang. It's like he has this deity level power that he is scared of and terrified of and doesn't know how to use his strength well. And again, to kind of come back to what um, Melody was saying about um, Toph and, and Katara. By the, by the time the show is done, Zuko and Aang have finally moved up to being able to use their power responsibly, which is where Katara and Aang and Toph start. Hmm. They're like, I'm probably really good at this, <laughs> and I'm going to use it well. <laughs> <laughs> right, did, so the women, we, the women did, are already there. Did we, well, and did we just compare the Avatar state to puberty? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I just clarify. Just for clarity. Power to, to create life. Well, that's good. Actually, that that addresses one of the criticisms I was going to raise, which was which concerned the uh, identifiable qualities of Aang, I guess. And I suppose you could level this against just about anything made for children in the 21st century. Now that I really think about it, it's Harry Potter syndrome, right? Um, all the heroes are the special chosen one. Every mm-hmm. hero is Neo from the Matrix, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, so I mean, there's an element of wish fulfillment in that that seems kind of facile and and, and uninteresting. I mean, I'm, I've always kind of been more fascinated by by Frodo heroes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, Av- Avatar handles this really ably, though, because yeah. it's he's the Ang clearly could not do this without his friends. He Absolutely. says that again and again, and it's shown again and again just how insecure and how uncertain he would be i mean he he'd still be locked in a chamber of ice at the bottom of the ocean if it weren't for for mm-hmm. these friends and uh as the war passes him by uh and and yet even Sokka, who has no special powers is he does come into his own as a warrior mm-hmm. he does discover his own abilities and his own talents his own training in his own special awkward ways which will <laughs> never be as powerful as ang it will never be that, right? But he 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 finds way, and even before he gets his 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 really impressive sword training, he he finds ways to contribute to this group uh, of friends and this team. That's another such a good that's such a good part of it too. And and doesn't seem to feel in. I mean, he he does at times feel insecure that he isn't able to bend. Yeah. But most of the time, he's like, yeah, well, you guys still need somebody to solve this map problem and like right. figure out where we're going. Right. Like he, he's he's not yeah. he's not wowed, and like he's not completely like in awe of their powers. On paper, he's the Hawkeye of their Avengers, but he actually winds up doing something useful. <laughs> he's he is perfectly his role as the provider of comic relief <laughs> and navigation. And but so, you know, Sokka's so, again. This is like the strength of the writing: is that Sokka's insecurities and posturing as a warrior. These all come from the fact that all of the men left his his yeah. town. Yeah. And so he's he's there he's the oldest male in uh-huh. his community who got left behind mm-hmm. during the war and he's trying to figure out what it is to be <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> speaking of speaking of insecure males. 
Has the transformation begun? That's how he felt. It's beginning. It's beginning to be that time. Yeah, in the, in that. <laughs> that's a beagle in the background, not a werewolf. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry. So Sokka, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like that's just he's he's an important character, but to, to answer your criticism, Ben they handle it well. I mean, and it's, it's a show about, I mean, as much as Harry Potter is, it's about how, even when you have an all-star on the team, true, they still need a team. Mm -hmm. There's no way one all-star, like one super powered person can actually uh, meet the evils of the world. I thought they handled that so nicely too, in the finale, which Mm -hmm. is a three part finale, which is amazing, which is how every finale should go. Mm-hmm. But they're like, screw for, it, three parts. You need an hour and a half for this. For a cartoon. Sit down and enjoy it. But like, they each have their own part of the fight yeah, that they're engaged yeah. with. And like, Aang has his one thing. He does one thing. It's a huge yeah. thing, and no one else can do it. But Toph and Sokka and and Katara, they're all doing their own part. To to and even and Zuko, like they're all doing their own their own facet of that. And that's a really cool part of the show. Yeah, and that's a really great thing about the show until you tell your ah. kid that they can watch one more episode <laughs> and it just happens that they're on the three-part finale. Yes. And like 45 minutes later, they're like, but this is the same it's episode. one episode. Oh, that's yeah. wisdom. <sighs> well, you guys are really, you're turning me on to this show, so I'm very torn now about whether we want to get into spoilers in the, uh, talking about the finale. Yeah, I'll then add no. on to this episode after you actually catch up because it is not in any way worth destroying that for you. It's... It's, oh, that's a good idea. One of the most pretty things I've ever enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Just spend the next couple weeks of yeah, your we, life. Yeah, we have to come back yeah. to it at least for Legend of Korra, which is a whole other yeah. series, Yo, spinoff series. Yeah, <laughs> totally right. Korra requires talking about the ending of Avatar. And and Eric has already been watching Legend of Korra in preparation. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's, he's making that sound so again. so good. Is there... Eric, is there penguin sledding? There's, you know what? I would say um, Korra is in is in many ways the Empire Strikes Back in terms of tone. Oh, wow. I wouldn't say mm. it's I wouldn't say it's better than wow. Avatar: Last Airbender. I would not say that at all. Um, primarily because when they made the show, they thought they were only going to get one season, and so they ripped through what should have been a two to three season story oh, yeah. in one season. Now yeah, I'll tell yeah, you, that was it hard. is pulse pounding. Like when they when that show like gets into gear, yeah. it's like okay, well I'm, I had to watch it all at once. It was just so good. But you know, season two is clearly like a different show. Like it's not like it's it's a it's the same characters and they're growing and all that's good. But you know, Avatar mm-hmm. like when the story's all written before you go, it, it's you're going to get a different thing. W- with that said, the characters are older, the themes are more mature, they're more developed. Yeah, it's much more teenage yeah. angsty. Yeah, there's parts where Ava- where Aang dips into being 13 where I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the things that like she's much more Luke Skywalker, like she wants to go with her friends in Tasha Station. She's less interested in, in moisture farming. Mm-hmm. Dear God, <laughs> but it's really, but it's really good. It's really good. Uh, explicit label. Yeah, that, that about tears it. All right, well, you guys have totally convinced me to shirk a lot of my other grown-up responsibilities in the coming weeks and um, and go bury myself in some uh, airbender. My wife's going to be thrilled. If you can find a baby to hold, it's a great excuse. Like, sorry, I can't move. I have to hold this baby. Watch. Mm. Wait, I have a, I have a, a beagle, which <laughs> have two, like, furry twins. Just uh, turn the volume up. <laughs> and they do they do struggle with um a lot of the issues uh that i think 
the show raises controlling you know, their power. Yeah, which which is which is preferable? Um, you know, balance or global domination? Two sides of the same coin. All right, time to turn it back over to you, gentle listeners. What have you been hate watching lately? What have you been loving to loathe? We'd love to loathe it with you. Come and tell us all about it on our Facebook page or our website, and leave us an iTunes review while you're at it at, you know, iTunes. Um, A nice one would be nice, but if you have nothing nice to say, go ahead and say it anyway. We can take it. We live with small children. They treat us deplorably. Uh, Speaking of small children, when they let us, we'll get around to put another one of these out there for you. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Now go see what your children are up to. And it's also produced in Canada. And it's produced in Canada. And so they, they have this, like, Reba McIntyre-style intro song. The bear's name, bears. And then, like, and then the, bear, the bears are all saying, like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> there's there's the ringtone. Sorry. Uh, 